Yes, even when it hurts. That can be so hard. How are you, Wendy? I'm doing well. And yourself? I am good. I'm super excited about our guest today. Yes, me too. We are going to talk about a really important topic. And so you actually, you bring all the good guests. <laughs> I'm like, well, I have a lot of good guests. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like, I brought good guests too. So mm-hmm. I don't want like them to listen and be like, oh, what? that's true. You know, nothing against Tina's guests. They're awesome. As they were, well. Yeah, they're awesome too. But yeah, but I'm super excited about our conversation today. So why don't you introduce our guest and how you I guys will. know each other? I will. So today joining us is Amy Harshman, who is the owner of Renewal Counseling, which is a counseling practice in Carmel. And you did not tell me that part. Oh, I didn't? No, I don't think you told me that part. Oh. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Again. Hello. Now I know that. Because Amy's famous and she's, you know. Yeah. She's infamous? Yeah. Sorry. It's yeah. Movie quote. Yeah. Forgive me. So Amy and I have known each other. We were just calculating it up for 16 years. Um, we met at East 91st Street Christian Church because I was overseeing the counseling program there and um, she was finishing up her training as a resident when we intersected um, because you have to do that to get all those hours to get experience to get licensed and so yeah and then fast forward a few years when I was ready to go into private practice along with doing pastoring I came to Amy because she had opened a practice and said hey would you allow me to practice here? And she graciously said yes. And so I've been working there ever since. And that, how long has that been? Oh Oh. gosh. Um, Six or seven years. I did not calculate ahead of time. Let's say eight. We'll go with eight. Mm -hmm. So it's been a great eight years. And so along with pastoring, I get to do counseling and life coaching at Renewal. And that has been such a true blessing to be able to still be in that world um, as well. Yeah. So, well, it. I want to hit pause for just a second and we'll revisit again at the end, but tell us about Renewal Counseling Center, like where that is. And do you accept walk-in? Like how to- We do in- not accept walk-ins. <laughs> I was I, like, I, I will make that, that very like, clear. <laughs> I was like, does any counseling center accept walk-ins? Is that a thing? Uh, it probably the was emergency at one room point in time. accepts yes. walk-ins. Yeah, there yes. we go. So, I mean, can you just real briefly, and we'll get to mm-hmm. your story, and we'll touch on this again at the end, just so people can have you as a resource, right? Like, sure. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about it. Um, I opened in 2010. We are located in Carmel around 116th and um, oh, Keystone, and um, there's about 10 therapists. Wendy does coaching. Um we're all a little full right now because um, the pandemic has made mental health come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a full-time office person. So if anybody's interested, um, www.myrenewalcounseling.com mm-hmm. and all the info's there. Sweet. Myrenewalcounseling.com. Got it. Yep. All right. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but I was just like, a little marketing. A oh, little plug-in for Renewal yeah. because yeah. the counselors are amazing there. So, And I can say that because... I'm She's the coach, one of them. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Shameless. Shameless, shameless praise. Okay. All right. Well, we just wanted to start out by having you, Amy, share a, just a quick overview of your adoption story with your son. Um, mm-hmm. That's, by the way, the topic that we're talking about today is 
adoption and all the things that go into that. And so we invited Amy to come and share her story um, just to walk us through that and then also just talk about resources at the end to help other people who may be considering adoption um, or have just adopted and may need a little extra help. So Amy, if you can share. Yeah, um, just briefly, we adopted our, we have a six-year-old little guy. We adopted him at 21 months old from China. I'm back in 2017. Okay. So it's almost been five years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's gotten so big. A long five years. Yeah. <laughs> it, is a, it can be a long five years. So can you tell us kind of what brought you to, you and your husband, to make that decision as far as deciding to adopt and what sure. that journey was like? Sure. Our journey is probably a little bit different than most. Um, I... I am not a kid person. Um, you know that about me, Wendy. I do know that. Um, and so was always questioning if I wanted to have kids. And my husband, I was very clear about that before we got married. And we were babies when we got married. I think I was 23. Mm. And um, so we kind of put off any talk of kids for five years. And then at five years, I had just gotten out of grad school. And it wasn't the time. And um, so... We just had this ongoing discussion every couple of, maybe a couple times every year um, about if we wanted kids. There was also the fact that I, um, the thought of being pregnant has always been really unappealing to me. So that, <laughs> that has been a thing. Um, so at Shout around, out to all the pregnant women right now. I know. Like, Amen, sister. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> Which, so, by the way, I need to tell you, so the first thing that came to my mind, I don't know if you guys watched The Office, but the Michael Scott where he was considering adoption, and they start oh, talking yeah. about how expensive it is and how long it takes, and <laughs> she says to him, well, it'll take like eight months, and he's like, I might not even want a kid in eight months. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so as you were talking about, we weren't yeah. sure. I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No problem. I digress. Um, so around 12 years married, um, we, everybody assumed that we weren't having kids by that time because you're supposed to have them sooner. And, um, we, well, me personally, um, my, my husband's great with kids and wonderful and would be a great dad, but has always been very adamant that if we weren't both on board, that wasn't something he was interested in. Um, and is very patient about that. And so I, I figured I was around 35. And if we had our own biological child, that's geriatric pregnancy. So we should probably decide um, what we were going to do. So I just started praying um, that if we were supposed to have a child, God would change my heart. And God is God, and he just started throwing verses and <laughs> emails and advertising, and it was all about adoption. Um, and so God is funny. And um, so um, I remember one night, it was in December, um, I sat down with my husband and I said, I think that we are going to adopt a baby and he was so excited. So then I accused him of lying all these years that he really did want a child and <laughs> um, wasn't telling me. So um, we very briefly looked into fostering and determined that that was just not going to be a plan that was workable for us. And um, we just immediately ruled out international adoption because we just assumed it was too expensive and too hard. And we started, we went to an agency and got on a list for domestic infant adoption. Um, although we were okay with a child that was a little bit older, um, 
So we waited for a year and nothing happened. And then we um, signed up for an additional agency and we waited a year and nothing happened. And um, finally, we, um, we decided we, re- we really wanted a child and um, we decided to start looking into international adoption, um, which was a big leap of faith because it is very expensive and um, just so many unknowns. Um, so we, uh, I think it was July 3rd of 2000. 16, we um, applied and sent in our application to China um, and started that that giant document process. <laughs> so, so that was kind of our journey. Um, we waited until March 4th of the following year and got the call that our son was an option for us. And, um, and his picture, like, it was impossible to say no to his little face. And um, and we, within three months, we were in China adopting him. So it was pretty fast once we got matched. Yeah, that sounds really fast. Um, so, so, yeah, that's our, that's our story. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many details in between, right? So much. That's a nice. <laughs> oh, so much. Lovely <laughs> overview, right? Umbrella, for sure. Yes. So, um to dive in a little bit deeper of what that experience has been like, uh, what would you say have been the biggest challenges in this journey and the biggest joys? Um, expected, unexpected? Uh, yeah, can you share a little bit sure. about that? Um, so for challenges, um, he so most, most adoptions, if not all, through China are special needs adoptions. Um, so again, God has a sense of humor because I do not like medical things. Um, and so we got a little guy with a cleft lip and palate. Um, he has club feet and um, he has deformed fingers and toes. And there were a couple of other little things that are either gone or not as big of a deal. Um, so we had to calculate for our social worker in the first six months of having him, we had 65 appointments or therapies. Wow. Um, so just from a time perspective, he had, he had two surgeries and they're big ones where there were, you know, 10 to 12 procedures each time. Um, that was stretching. So that was, um, one of the really hard parts and we knew everything about, about what we were going to be doing going into it. So none of it was a surprise. Um, I think the other challenge would be, um, which we were prepared, they prepare you for the trauma that the kids have gone through. And I mean, adoption in and of itself is trauma. Um, But the... um, as, as they get older, the trauma that they experience, and you don't know what's trauma and what's not. I think that's the challenging thing that we're going through right now. Um, what could be a six-year-old boy meltdown, which might be very normal for every six-year-old boy, you just immediately go to, oh, it's probably trauma, and um, try to figure out what to do about it. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not, and sometimes we have no idea. Right. So that is challenging. Right, right. Um, there's so much good though. So obviously the good is, um, far outweighing, um, the challenges that we have. Um, we've learned so much perspective. Um, 
I think, you know, I have a bad day and I look over at him and he doesn't have either of his big toes. And it just puts things into perspective because I'm like, oh, my bad day, you know, is this. And um, he's learned to walk when most people would fall over. Um, So I think the perspective that comes along with it. um, Also, just watching him overcome all of his physical challenges. um, I can't tell you how many uh, videos I have on my phone of like the first time he made a B sound, which is really hard for kids with cleft lip and palate. Um, And so just the celebrations over things that seem small, but they're huge because we worked on it for a year. Right. Um, So... Um, just the, the small everyday victories are, are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, I just want to, we, we were chatting a little bit, uh, before you got here and I was just kind of, do you find yourself reflecting ever on like what his life would have been if, you know, God didn't pair you together the way he did? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, um, that happens all the time. I remember a night he actually hated me when we first adopted him. So, um, he loved my husband, hated me. It was not shocking that that was going to happen. Um, and it was the first night once we were home that he let me hold him and put him to sleep. And I just remember looking down at his face and just thinking like, I think, I think, you know, how, how hard would it be for your mom to have, you know, left you somewhere, um, to be found and to be taken to the orphanage and just how much love she had for him and how different his life would have been, um, had he not had that. And maybe we don't know his history, but maybe had better access to medical care, which he probably didn't have there. Um, so we think about it often and he, we talk about it very openly in our home. So he talks about his, we call it China mom and dad often. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tina and I were, when we were talking about what, what kids lives, what, what a different path they would have taken if they hadn't been adopted. Obviously you guys both know that my three kids are adopted from Russia. And one of the conversations in our household lately, especially for my 19, almost 20 years old, 20 year old is he would be fighting right now in the mm. Russian Ukrainian war. That's yeah. sobering. It's it very sobering very to yeah. think about. And he's at Indiana Wesleyan University finishing up his freshman year. That's a very different life, right? Yeah. yeah. Very different life. So it's, it is, um, yeah, when you think about that, it's, it's amazing to think of where they could have been and how God, when you open your heart to things like that, crosses mm-hmm. people's paths and takes their journey in a different direction. Well, and what a great conversation to have with him. I think you said you had that conversation mm-hmm. with him. Like, right. do you realize like this, this could have been mm-hmm. your life. And I just think what a great perspective, you know, that it's a unique, um, God given perspective that they will carry into adulthood. That is special that mm-hmm. not every kid can relate to. And I just think that's super cool. So continuing on just um, in that vein, as far as just faith and maybe how that's changed you and your husband's faith mm-hmm. journey and areas that you significantly see. Because your relationship with God is pretty funny. Right. Like you're like, I don't want this. And God's like, that's what we're doing. Right. Right. And I don't want this, right. but guess what? Right. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a, a weird relationship. <laughs> it's almost like some of the Bible stories, right? Where God's like, um, I'm calling you to. And the people are like, no. Yes, no. So yeah. Like on yeah. Facebook where it says mm-hmm. like, you know, religious beliefs, it's complicated. Right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think when I think about that, I think of two areas. Um, one is that I am one of the least patient people that I know. And adoption is just, there's a phrase in the adoption world, hurry up and wait. Um, everything is like, you have to have this done and then you just sit around and do nothing for months or years. Um, so, you know, it's the wait, wait, and then there's information and then like, wait, and, um, then here's your son, wait, and, um, then you get them and we have all the surgeries and waiting and it's just a lot of waiting. Um, so he has taught me patience, which I have not asked for, have not paid for patience, prayed for patience before. Um, and I think, um... I think the other thing is one of the challenges I personally have had my whole life is I um, am terrible at relying on God and relying on other people. Um, I just like to do things myself, and sometimes I forget to ask for God's help, even though he's helping me all the time. Um, So I think it has challenged me in that way in a in a really good way I I appreciate that more than the patience piece um, that I have learned because you know having gone through adoption yourself um, there's no way that you can do it without all the people and God obviously Um, so just relying on um, all the people that he's placed in our life and some of them I think he's just placed in our life because of adoption um, and all the people that we've met Um, there's no way that we could do that without him. And so there's many times that I text a friend and SOS or, um, just reach out, um, and people bring food and whatever we need. Um, so I think the, the relying on others and, and not forgetting that God is there all the time and, um, I can cry out to him anytime. Yeah, that's good. Wendy, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask, like, so is, are there a lot of similarities in your story and Amy's and that adoption journey? Or was it markedly different? Like, can you just kind of touch a little bit? I mean, ours was a, a little bit different just in that we adopted three at once. And so um, we we joke because my husband and I were somewhat workaholics before we adopted. And so our idea of, you know, the dinner table was what restaurant do you want to meet up at at about eight (laughs) o'clock at night? And so when we, and then we went and adopted three children and then we were instantly a family of five. And so, and they were six, three and two years old at the time. And we, we didn't even have house plants that we kept alive. We had no animals (laughs) like, yeah, it's like, why did you give us these children? And obviously again, this is where God comes in is he told us to do this. Like he laid this on our heart and it made no sense. It made no sense financially. It made no sense as far as the lifestyle that we currently led when we adopted, like it didn't match. But oftentimes that's when I find that's exactly when, you know, God's fingerprints are all over it is when I'm naysaying it (laughs) and you know, God keeps coming back and saying, Oh, you're going to do that. Or an ad pops up or something just like Amy's story. It's, he convicts you in ways when he calls you to do it, he will keep reminding you until you do it. Um, and so, you know, we, we went ahead and did that. Um, but same things we had, anytime you do international adoption, uh, medical records are, um, you know, 
non-existent. They're, they're either non-existent or they're confusing or like we were told one of our children had hepatitis and they label everyone's special needs for one reason or another. And you don't know exactly what that means. And so again, when we're wow. getting three of them, you know, we're having their, their uh, records looked at, at for, from Riley specialist and just trying to f- piece this all together. Because if you're adopting three special needs children, that's, that could be a lot. And so and that don't speak English. And, you know, there's just a lot of challenges. And so same, the questioning, the testing of faith, God showing up in amazing ways with support. I mean, people coming out of the woodwork to help us with meals and um, gifts and just good, wise counsel. People showing up at our door and saying, you need a date night because look at you. You need a date night. <laughs> we're going to come and take care of these three children. And they were willing to do that um, and let us go and have a break. I'm sure you guys experienced mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, so that's great. it's just, we experienced the church being the church in such a tangible way um, beyond what we had experienced as a couple before that ever, because like Amy and her husband's name is Nate, um, we are also um, at times can be very focused on being independent and doing things ourselves and we're the can-do people and we help other people and all of that narrative. Um, and uh, in that situation, we really came to the end of ourselves and we're like, we need people and we need God in a whole new way. And he revealed himself and resources in ways that blew our mind. So same. Wow. Yeah. Um, so not everyone, I don't know if everyone who listens, like all five people to our <laughs> podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, five of you. <laughs> Thank you. We see you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, how, how does, how can the church you know, come alongside a family that's going through the journey. Because when you're doing the paperwork and like you said, like it's hurry up, fill all this out. And then you're waiting. Um, And then you get these kids, you know, and you had unforeseen medical things that, you know, was like, oh, like we're dealing with this now. And you taking three kids on at one time. Um, How would you recommend the church be available, you know, minister Mm -hmm. to a couple? Um, I think that, um, I mean, oh, so many ways. Um, I think first just looking at the, the church should be, be wanting to take part in things that are part of God's heart. And I think adoption, um, I looked it up one time. I think there's at least 41 references in the Bible to orphans or, um, um, you know, the fatherless, um, a lot of times is what it says. Um, so I think it's just important for the church and I don't think everybody realizes it, um, how important that is to God and that not everybody is called to adopt. I get that. Um, but just in little ways of supporting, um, people. So, um, I think one thing that we have learned through our experience is that adoptive families, need help for forever. Um, mm. it's, I think a lot of support comes um, at the beginning of things when everybody, it's kind of like when when someone has passed away, I think, you know, people bring food at the beginning and then after a few months, things kind of fade off. Um, our church is great in that, um, you know, if we say something now, we're going to have somebody's going to sign up and start bringing us meals. Um, so I think, you know, cause we've had a lot of surgeries and things like that. I think the church knowing that, um, 
people need ongoing help and it's hard for forever. Um, and I think too, just a lot of times, um, people will, and I don't know that this is church or everyone in general, um, people have a tendency, they, I think we want sameness and we want adoptive families to look just like regular biological families. And I think a lot of times people are very quick to say like, oh, but you would have that if he wasn't adopted. And so realizing that there are some very distinct differences between mm-hmm. adoptive families and biological families, and that doesn't change just because the child has adjusted. Um, and so there's there's just ongoing differences that happen. Um, I think too, there's, there's a local organ. Well, I think it's a nationwide organization by hands of hope. Um, they have, our church has set it up. They didn't have it in place, um, when we were going through adoption, but there, there's a care team at our church and we've had some families foster Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just neat to see everybody signing up and helping with those things. And it is more ongoing help instead of just, you know, those first couple of weeks. And, um, it's just great to see the church, you know, being the hands of Christ and helping those families. Yeah. Because I think your challenge is, you guys are the experts. Like, I'm just like, sir, I'm just guessing things. But to me, it seems like a challenge as they get older is like, not only are you dealing with, you know, just the challenges of attachment and bonding and security and all of that, but you're also going to be dealing with, um, I don't look like you. And, you know, in many cases, our skin color is dramatically different, or, you know, my eyes are a different shape, or I talk different, like, those are going to be unique challenges that you continue, like you're saying, like, it's not just a, well, thanks for helping us, Mm -hmm. you know, get the child home, like, we still need you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, You know, for, for our son, he's missing some of his fingers and toes. So it's not just talking about his China parents right. and, and things like that. But, you know, he'll come home and he's like, oh, so-and-so said something about my finger the other oh. day. And so there's just, there's challenges all yeah. around. Um, and it's not just from the adoption. Some of it is from the special needs things as well. Kids can be the worst. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. I know. I love them, but they can yeah. be the worst. <laughs> They're not my favorite. My my son is my favorite. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I always say I love my children. Right. The rest of them are a little questionable. I know. Yes. All right. I'm going to ask you a hard question. So uh, this is shooting straight, right? So sometimes we talk about tough things and things that are maybe a little sensitive. Um, But I think we would be remiss, you know, as representatives of Christ to not bring up um, abortion Um, because, you know, you have a young woman or, you know, I'm assuming young, I'm women in all different stages for all kinds of different reasons are ending up pregnant and deciding that's not what they want. This is, I, I don't want this role. I don't want to be mother or whatever the reasons are. Um, and I just was curious, like being on your guy's side, um, what would you say to someone who's sitting across from you and they are considering abortion as an option? Um, they don't understand, you know, they, maybe they have had no exposure to adoption. They have more questions than answers. I don't know why, but let's just say that they are considering that and they're across from the table from you. Like, what would you say to that person? Um, I think, I mean, the biggest thing is, is I think not communicating, communicating shame. Um, because I think on that topic, um, we, we sometimes, look at that and and 
those those moms can feel quite a bit of shame. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, first and foremost, God has called us to love everyone and regardless of their choices. And so um, I know there are, you know, maybe there's out of your five listeners, maybe somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Amy. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, somebody might have struggled with this or had an abortion in the past. And so um, knowing that, you know, God is a God of forgiveness and love. And um, that's what we're called to do. Um, above anything else. I think just communicating to all all babies are wanted, even if, you know, it wasn't the plan and wasn't, um, wasn't desired at the time. There's always someone out there who is waiting for a child. Um, We waited for two years domestically and nothing happened. And I think there are fewer and fewer people um, choosing to go that route with adoption. And um, there's a lot of agencies closing. One of the two agencies that we worked with is no longer open because there were just so few adoptions. Wow. Um, so there's just, there's there's people standing in line um, who are happy to do that. Um, I think another piece of that is I feel like the church needs to do a better job of um, supporting women if they do choose to make an adoption plan and um, have the baby because I feel like there's this you know don't have an abortion which I agree with Um, but then they're like okay good job and they kind of walk away yeah right and what they need is they need a ton of support and love and um, choosing to make an adoption plan um, for a mother no matter what the age if she's you know alone or has support system that is hard and so the church you know, if they want things to be different, I think they need to stand up too and love those people and support them before and after um, the birth of a child. Because it's, it's just hard. Yeah. Sometimes we're really good at being vocal about what we're against. Yeah. But right. we need to be part of the solution. Exactly. Um, yes. And help the, uh, you know, the other option happen. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you. We had, I know one woman personally that was considering that and um, multiple meals and coffee and, and a bunch of different people. Like it wasn't one person that spoke into her life and it was a bunch of people who were advocating for life and um she chose life and is a proud mama of just beautiful children and so it's it's good to know the church can you know it kind of reminds me we did a podcast with your friend lisa Lori. Lori. i knew i called her lisa one other time you did about yeah. addiction sorry <laughs> um and I totally lost my train of thought about where I was going with that. But we were talking about um, being part of the solution mm-hmm. and not just, you know, the voice that's against things. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have another question for you. Thank you for speaking about abortion mm-hmm. so clearly um, because it is, you know, I... God does say he puts before us death and life and we are told to choose life Mm -hmm. and we know that that's complicated. Uh, It doesn't change his opinion on the matter, even though it's complicated. So, um, but I, I love that of being part of the solution. My other question would be, what do you wish people understood about adoption? What do you think is a misconception or I don't know, a, a, a obstacle that, 
people that can be overcome? Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, cost. I know that was... Yeah, speak to that. Because that we, is, yeah. That was why we didn't even explore it for two years. Um, you're never ready to adopt. So as much prep as you can um, do, I think, just just do it. But I think when it comes to the financial part, I mean, it is a very expensive process. And we went into it really not knowing how we were going to pay for it. And, um, and so um, we just assumed we would probably acquire a ton of debt. And we were, we're, we're not people who love to acquire a lot of debt, but it just felt like, okay, if, if there is a time to do that, then this is it. And um, we stepped out in faith and we had so many friends do fundraisers um, and, you know, little by little, it was just funny anytime because there's bills that just come yeah. um, throughout the process and then you get matched and then there's really big bills <laughs> that, um, that you get. And um, every time we needed a certain amount, like something would just show up and um, it was just, it was, it was a part of that, like trusting God. Um, and I think a lot of people don't even explore it because of the financial piece. True. And, um, and we were somehow, I mean, it was God, so I don't know why I said somehow, um, we were able to, um, do the whole adoption completely debt-free. It was wow, not at all, you know, we had secured, okay, how are we going to pay for this if we need to? And money just kept coming in. Um, there was a day that it was funny, um, we got an email that we needed to pay about $9,500 by tomorrow. And it was like, okay, we're going to have to, you know, get some money out of an account somewhere. And I looked into, we had an account that people could donate to, and I hadn't checked it for a while, $9,000 donation. Um, so it was just amazing how God, amazing. it was crazy. Yeah. And it was from somebody that I didn't know. Um, so just God provided all of those things and, um, because he probably also knew we were going to have a lot of medical bills, uh, <laughs> coming up. So, but even with that, I mean, God has just been there and provided. And so when I hear people say, because I said exactly the same thing, you know, oh, that's going to be, we, we could never afford that. Um, you can, um, so that should not be a hindrance. That's really, really encouraging. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Well, I think our final question, unless you have any more, um, was just for any people who are considering adoption, any resources or suggestions or advice as far as how to prepare um, yeah, organizations, books, anything that has been helpful to you on your journey, kind of passing mm -hmm. that along to those? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the big things, and this is kind of a going into the longer term and thinking ahead of of things, it is so good and so important to find a community of people that kind of match the child that you're adopting. Mm. So we found um, there's a central, I forget how it's worded, it's a Facebook group, um, Central Indiana Families Who Have Adopted from China or something like that. Um, because it is really important for these kids to be able to play together with kids that look like them. Yes. And um, so we identified a group like that, and it's been great. We It was all pre-pandemic, so we really need to start getting back up and running. But we would just get together like once a month, and all the kids 
would play together and everybody was at a different stage. I remember the first time um, there was a family that hadn't adopted yet, but they were going. So of course we all share all of our China stories because there's so <laughs> many China stories. Um, and so it's just fun. Um, and I love getting together with um, people who have adopted from our country um, and doing some of the cultural events together, which again, everything has shut down with the pandemic. So excited for that to get back up and running. Um, so I, I'm not like always condoning Facebook is this great thing, but it's a great place to find groups that match what you're going through. Um, so I would say um, that is a big one. Um, you know, when you, you go through all of the training, um, again, like I said before, you're never going to be fully prepared. So don't stress about it. There's no way to completely prepare for everything that you go through. Um, but if you have good people, um, then they will help guide you through it. Um, I also think just don't be, don't be discouraged that at some point in the journey you might need a little counseling. Um, Amen I, to that. I did some life coaching because I had a really hard time trying to figure out how to balance the working and um, the kid thing. I was not great at it on my own. Um, so that was pretty life-changing for me and helpful. Um, and counseling for kids. Um, I just assumed that at some point in time we would need that. And I think we were just about there. <laughs> um, so um, I think that is a resource that you should not be quick to dismiss in any way because it is probably needed for everyone throughout the process. Um, and um, another thing that I was so thankful for that I did through, and this was through the whole three years of waiting for us is I journaled about our journey. Most of it is like super frustrating. Um, and so when I go back and read and it's just neat to read like what, you know, what was I thinking three years ago on this day? And um, it's been great to kind of watch how I've grown through the process of even just those waiting for the three years. It was horrible, but I know God was doing really great things in me. Um, it didn't feel great at the time. Um, but um, I think just journaling the process and the journey so that you can look back and see, you know, what God has brought you through. Yeah. Um, so that was really important. And then I think organizations like um, Hands of Hope, um, if, if you attend a church and they don't have a group, it's not hard to put together one and it's a great organization. Um, also, if you're, if you're adopting, typically you have an agency that has tons of resources and things available. We didn't have to use that because we had such a good support system, but not everybody has that in place all of the time. So just using all the resources that you're given is just really invaluable. Yeah. I think a, a benefit that you're giving to anyone listening is if anyone out there is considering adoption, like I love your transparency, like those three years were hard and mm -hmm. it's a struggle, but the benefit that you're giving is, Hey, I'm on the other side of it. And you know, it's no, I love the idea that we tell the truth here, right? So no one's going to say, Hey, this is easy peasy. And you know, it's, it's all daisies and sunshine. But what I do hear you saying is God is completely in it. And um, your love for your son being a non-kid person, right? Like the love for your son is just um, unmeasurable, mm -hmm. I'm sure. And, you know, so I think 
in the midst of talking about the struggles and the difficulties and the things that are needed, what I hear is you need God in your life. You need his peace. You need a community of believers who will hold your hand and walk through that with you. But the other side is beautiful. The Mm -hmm. other side is worth it. And so I think that's a good takeaway for anyone, you know, who's considering that journey. And so just to clarify, because you gave a lot of resources and ideas, step one, am I just calling an adoption agency? Like what is, how did, what was your very first step that you did that you recall? Um, We contacted um, someone at the Hamilton County fostering, like, okay. And they, um, I told them I was just very transparent. I was like, I don't really like kids that much. So that was probably a turnoff. <laughs> what an opener. Like, Hey, this <laughs> but can I have crazy. one? I know. How do I go about doing that? <laughs> um, and so they described what the process would look uh-huh. like. And she was like, yeah, I don't know that this is for you. So, um, <laughs> Hi, I hate kids, but I'd like three, please. Uh I did not ask for three. That was Wendy. Yeah. I just, I just wanted the one. There's no explanation for that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, So I I think just exploring all of the avenues. And so I felt like I did that and I was like, okay, check, check that off the list. I think just doing a lot of research. Um, There's so much out there. Good. Okay. Yeah. So they'll find it. Like yes. just start looking, make those phone calls. Don't yep. be afraid to ask questions and, yeah. and the answer will present itself. It will. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we went to, because we knew several years before we actually adopted, got it placed in our, our hearts, but we foolishly thought we could save enough money ahead of time that goes <laughs> to the money part, which again, same experience for us that money literally fell out of the sky as far as paying off those bills. God will resource his, his plans. Yeah, that's right? good. He will resource his plans. So if he calls you to do something, you step out there because he will resource it. He will give you what you need. So that's a side note. But we would go to um, our church sponsored um, some adoption meetings. And so we just went to as many of those as we could just to gain awareness and knowledge and take notes. And so we had notebooks full of things over yeah. several years just because we knew it was going to happen eventually. And so we just wanted to learn along the way. So just and put yourself where the conversation is happening. Just absolutely. put yourself there. Yeah, yes. that's really good. That's good. Hey, Amy, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. This has been just what an amazing resource this podcast is for anyone who's considering this, who has questions. Just a reminder, you can find Amy and Wendy uh, well, by phone appointment only. Yes. <laughs> At <laughs> Renewal Counseling, which is MyRenewalCounseling.com. MyRenewalCounseling.com. Yeah. So, hey, thanks again. Wendy, thanks for sharing your journey too. That's You're welcome. Pretty Glad amazing. Yeah. I would love, do your, do your children have a Russian accent? No, they don't. They don't. Okay. My oldest would have been the only one. I he think would, they say that you lose it. Um, is it... Uh, you have to have it, or if you've adopted them older than seven, they may okay. keep it, but younger than seven. Okay. He was six. So he, I remember oh, he being right, right on the line of what they would say. And yeah. he had it for quite some time. And then it was interesting. My daughter was, um, they told us, because we worked with First Steps, if you guys are yeah. familiar yeah. with yeah. First mm-hmm. Steps. So we had someone come out and evaluate her, and they said she would go silent for a period of time while her brain switched over because she was just two wow. starting to speak. And so she she kind of babbled in what sounded like Russian, 
but then it came out as English after a period of silence. So anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, wow, but it's fascinating. That is fascinating. How kids and language work, but they, they started speaking English within, they were pretty fluent by four months. No kidding. That's incredible. <laughs> so kids are amazing. It's, they are. Like how God made them. Yes. That's cool. Well, hey, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been great. I'm like, this needs to go out to everyone. If anyone is asking about adoption, please just put this podcast in front of them because Amy and Wendy have both just given us a gift of an understanding and of resources and encouragement that you can do that too. Especially if you're partnering with the Lord in it, he will open doors no man can shut. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Shooting Straight. I'm Tina. And I'm Wendy. And we love truth. Even when it hurts. Oh.